back and bigger than ever. It's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is time for another unofficial 40 podcast with the Soonerscoop.com crew. And, uh, well, we're not all here. We're a little spread out today. Josh is on a romantic uh, anniversary vacation, I believe. Uh, somewhere, Eddie seems to know more information than the rest of us on that. I, no, I just thought he told us. I I thought he went down somewhere near water. I mean, obviously, we know that. Is he somewhere he could be kidnapped or held for ransom? Because I don't want to pay a ransom. I got too much other stuff going well, on. Well, we, but we do negotiate with terrorists, so maybe we could, uh, you know, work a deal. Maybe we could just let you have a discussion about Tower 7 with them, and then you'd, we'd all be friends. Well, it was, a build, it was a building, and that's why it's so interesting. It wasn't a tower. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, George... Well, that the government brought down, but other than that. George Stoya is here as well, uh, and uh, Bob is out this week. I, Bob posted about it on the uh, website. Uh, his wife had a procedure this week, uh, so we're letting him uh, have some time with her. Uh, just to hopefully, uh, Brittany, get well. Uh, best wishes to you is, uh, uh, yeah, um, I, I think everything went really well, and it sounds like... Uh, uh, just need some rest and some healing time. And uh, so Bob is uh, doing that. But in the meantime, the three of us, uh, Eddie, George, Carrie, Murdoch, uh, we will be here to talk about uh, all kinds of crazy shit probably throughout this uh, next hour or so. Uh, but spring football is going on. And uh, I really don't have, I mean, like the Thunders got the uh, play-in game tonight. Huge game. So uh, I know Easter weekend. Did you guys have a good Easter weekend? Great. Did you go to Mass? I did go to Mass. It was record time in terms of long. Like, it was an hour and 15 minutes long, and it, it was it was. Isn't that brutal. how all Masses are? No, no. no usually, usually you're 50 minutes. Yeah, 50 minutes. 50. This guy, he gave the longest homily. Was he like a guest? No, he pastor, was. Apparently, he's the, he's the guy there now. I mean, I, 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 I should not be saying are. this, because my dad's going to be like, oh, you know, <laughs> we're friends with the priest, you know, but... Uh, uh, it was. It felt really, really long, uh, and it was packed, but it was good. Just say, Dad, I let you have your priest, and let me have you know the ability to watch Spotlight every once in a while. Exactly. Yeah, I do. I do love that movie. You and I talked about that. I think it's one of the best journalism movies ever made. Not great for for Catholicism, though. No, not uh, not neither in Maryland right now either. Eddie, uh, what is it like going to confession? Feels good. <laughs> Feels good. Why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me if I went to mass? Did you go to mass? Turn me up a little bit. Yeah, I can do that. All right, we're better. Uh, well, we didn't make it this year, so uh, you know, uh, the mass. Is that a, the Ed, Ed, was Edward second and Karen. Uh, no comment. We won't sell them out. Uh, <laughs> the masters was on, so we had to watch. Okay. We had to get up and you know sense. watch the finish of the uh, third round, and then obviously into uh, the fourth round of the masters. So. It was Master Sunday. I and mean, you had to be able to do, do all 27 Masters podcasts that you did after it was over. It was just a couple. Uh, What'd you make of the slow play? It's ridiculous. I don't, I've never been a slow golfer, though, either. So I, I like to get up and just hit the ball and, like, we move. Mm-hmm. Not much of uh, standing around. So it doesn't really uh, make a bunch of sense to me. Patrick Cantley's kind of, uh, I guess, somewhat known for it. He gets away with it because he's top 10 player in the world. But... Sam Bennett was the one that was, I think, holding everybody up. Even they were holding, you know, Bennett was holding up Cantley, and then Cantley was holding up the final group. So, 
It's all right. I was happy to see John Rom win. Good to see Brooks Kepka back in uh, contention. It was uh, it was good good Masters. Classic Aggies holding everybody up. By the way, I I did get to kind of go to my own confession. I know what you Catholics go through after yesterday. Went to saw the went to see the doctor. I had to admit all the bad stuff that I do. I had to flush it out of my system. It, it kind of felt good. That's why we go to confession. Mm-hmm. I, well, that's what I'm saying. I get why you do confession now. Yeah. Well, now, granted, it's been many, many years since <laughs> I went to uh, my last confession. But, yeah. Yeah. The difference is they tell you to do 10 Hail Marys at confession. And, and then you the just doctor tells you, says, stop eating Taco Bell. Yeah. And you do the same. Actually, yeah. at my age, he just prescribes you a lot of medicine. Yeah. I haven't been to the doctor. Well, that's big pharma. In a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if it makes me better, uh, I'm all for big pharma. All right? At my age, big pharma is just a part of your life. That I mean, I'm that's what America is right now. I mean, you've you've been a part of big pharma recently. Sure. Yeah, I think it's I, made you better. No, there are reasons that you have to use You're it. You're now svelte? Well, trying to Semi-spelt. be I need to get back on the diet is what I need to do, but I just keep looking for reasons not to. I think we'll do that here in the next couple of weeks. I think uh, Carrie is off a lot of things for a while until, well, at least until the six weeks that I have to go back. So, but Get you had those, the you just numbers. want to be able to make progress and show them that you've made progress, and then you go back to and what then you're you doing, go, right? When they give you when they say, "Okay, we'll see you in twelve months or ten months or whatever," that's when you fall back into the trap. I want I to hear, go back into being pre-diabetes after the, my levels fall. Right. Yeah. I want. I want to hear about the cheesesteak you had from Vance. Oh, it was fantastic, and I feel so bad now that you know I got the results this morning. Uh, but the uh, Oklahoma cheesesteak I did from Vans, I highly recommend it. It was just like melty, hoagie, beefy goodness. I love Vans. You know what? So I, I might go over there. Wait, what is it now? It's the Oklahoma cheesesteak. It's chopped brisket uh, with provolone in okay. a hoagie roll. When you sent that last night and I said gross, I thought it said like a cheesecake. (laughs) So I was like, why would they put a cheesecake on a cheesesteak? And it really kind of effed with my brain. So that makes a lot more sense. (laughs) And I retract my statement and I I will be trying it. I'm really disappointed that you said gross. I will be trying it. And they wrap it up like they do like a proper cheesesteak, like it's in the wrapping. So you have to like unwrap it to eat it. Here's the important question though. What kind of cheese are we using? Provolone. I could do that. I could do that. It, it works really well with the brisket straight. But now you have to dab the sauce as you eat it. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I guess you could pour it pour it right. if you wanted to. But to me, that's a waste of sauce. You don't Did, get as much sauce that way. Did you ever go to Philly? Have either of you no, been, ever I've, been to I've Philly? Never I've never been, been to Philly, Philly proper. No. Did the, all the, we went up there for a bachelor party one year. And I, we did the, you know, the run of the mill. We went to the two places that are next Was door to Dave's each other. And... and yeah, and then there's another one, Gino's, Gino's and, and something, or... and then, anyways, they're just okay. Really? Like I think that I think they're good. Don't get me wrong, but like, could you get a Philly quality cheesesteak in other parts of the country? If they I, heard, did. I, I, heard, I don't know about that. I heard the best Philly cheesesteak is though. actually in Pittsburgh. Ooh, that's what I've heard. I'm not. Aren't, isn't Pittsburgh more about pierogies though? I have no idea. I've never had one in Pittsburgh, but that's what I've heard. I mean, everybody goes to the uh, the tourist trap. What is it? Uh, Pramonti Brothers. Pramonti Brothers. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Well, I, I think it is good. It's unique. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily eat that every day, though. When we went, it's good to say you've been. Yeah, 
when we went this past year, uh, we went on Friday night before the game, and yeah, the whole beat went and everything, and it was good. It just like it kind of is what it is. I am gonna miss places like that. I'm gonna say, by we'll the way, find new spots. We got we got a lot to talk to, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that kind of takes us into uh, some of the talk that was out there yesterday. You and I, the OU Daily did a story. Uh, it, it really is time for the enjoy. Uh, vision, pre- fresh perspective, look around. And, uh, you know, there's, we've been at practice this week. We only have one day because the, the, the gymnastics national championships are in Fort Worth and a lot of the sports information staff is down there helping out. So they just couldn't put together a second media day this week, which, you know, it's fine. I did offer last week. I told Mike that if he wanted me to run things on Wednesday, I have no problem doing that. I have no problem stepping up to the plate and being the captain. I, I mean, I'll say I this right he, now. Uh, I think you should be trusted to do. I, I would trust you to do such things. I mean, he's he respectfully declined. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you have a reputation that you yourself kind of put out there that's not reality. So I can see why he wouldn't want you in charge. Hey, man, DG's giving me hugs after practice. Okay. We would be trying to sell merch, though. Like, we'd open up for the fans and, like, have an autograph day, like, a spur-of-the-moment autograph things have, day. Things have changed. <laughs> things have changed over here. Uh, get them some NIL money while we were at it. Right. Uh, no, but we went out to practice, and it, to me, you know, for me, it was kind of a different practice. I hung out over by the defensive lineman a lot more, uh, basically because I, I was trying to get pictures of the wide receivers but they continued doing, you know, kickoff coverage and punt coverage. And I was like, I'm never going to get a good shot of receivers. And then, so I stayed over there just waiting for the defensive lineman to start doing stuff. Uh, and I'll, you know, it's one of those things like you go through recruiting and you see names and you see heights and weights. But when you see some a, a kid out on the practice field like Derek LeBlanc, you're just like, holy hell, that's a big dude. Yeah, Derek LeBlanc looks really good. Um, I mean, we haven't seen him really in live. We did get to watch some live practice the the other day, that, which that was, was awesome. legitimately the first time I've ever seen the re- the red zone stuff. There, offense doing. and defense line up at a practice and actually like go at each other. Yeah, yeah. In since 10 or like 11 W years. drill, I mean W drill, right? Like outside like of similar, that, like but, actual football though. Yeah, to have all eleven going up against the other eleven, and it was ones on one, it was ones on one. Sure, I mean it was and ones on ones, twos on twos. Like it wasn't like you know them going up against the practice squad. I mean it was it was legit. You um, know what it was? It was probably Eddie. It was probably the year when uh, Stoops was still the coach, and mm-hmm. they were wearing the black jerseys uh, after the first the SAE deal, yeah, and yeah, Stoops yeah. let us come to a yeah. spring practice. Yeah, that's probably the last time we saw. Like actual, team oh, and drill. they practiced inside the stadium right, that time. Right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we. I don't think we could do video. I think we just were allowed. No, to I think go. they let us. They let us do it for a short period of time, and then they told we told us we had to stop taking oh, photos. But, no, we shot from the stands. Right from right. the east side stands, right. if I remember correctly, or west side stands. I was waiting. No, for, east. You were correct the first time. Was I? Yeah. Okay. I was waiting for them to tell us no video of that. Oh uh, yeah. But they didn't care. I mean, it, it was clear too. They were trying to like. They knew we were out there, and I think some of that was part of why we got to watch it. But sure. it was interesting for sure, and we got to see. I mean, Deshaun McCulloch made the play of the day. Um, a big f you to carry, I guess. Um, right, Carrie? Were, were you? Were you? Were you the one that was talking? 
I mean, I just, I, I look. Uh, I by think the way, Teddy Lehman deserves some, some, yes. you know, some credit here too for saying things about the Samacall. But he, all, but also to everyone else's credit, uh, that was talking trash on him. He was unblocked. Uh, I'm not like no one. No one touched well, him. That's that's the you thing. Know. That's the thing that I was. I thought is the most funny part is when all of these uh, videos and we can go out to practice and it's just funny how two people will see two different, completely different things in watching an 11 second clip. It's either you're on the side of oh wow, what a great defensive play that was. Maybe Desan McCulloch's going to be a somebody, or the other person that goes. He was unblocked. Why is there no communication? Well, and I, w- I will say this too. It was part of my uh, kind of, I don't know, it, opinion was formed when I saw, I think it was Josh Calloway's video where he was like very complimentary. And I watched it. And I was like, ooh, that looks kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. Awkward. It was like, he doesn't look real. But, you know, I was sitting there watching the linebacker drills uh, Monday and he went through him, and he seemed, I mean, it wasn't like I was, like, blown away or anything, but he didn't seem awkward to me going through the drills. Because, like, the, I think he and Justin Harrington were, like, back-to-back, and they both looked pretty good. Well, I, I think the thing with him is, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to see maybe a little bit in the spring game, but obviously not till next fall, is they're going to use him, I think, differently than what people anticipate. Like, he's not going to be a guy that I think you're going to see covering a lot of guys in the slot. Like, that's going to be... Justin Harrington or you bring in a you know a third safety or something like that like he's going to be a guy on that play he's going to be up on the line and he's going to be rushing to make a play in the backfield because uh, that he's just a massive human like he's just um, a third down specialist maybe maybe just yeah. kind of a guy that comes in and, and blitzes a little bit I mean like Brent's done that with I think we talked about that Brent's done that before at Oklahoma a lot of people will remember the name Brandon Shelby mm-hmm. he was a guy that just came in on third down and he was a he was a basically a nickelback I think he'll be more than a just the no, third but I down mean McCullough guy, is yeah. a big, big dude. Right. I mean, like tall, no, lanky. I mean, he, there and that's why, like when you go out there and you see him, or you see Rondell Bothroyd, or you see Trace Ford, it is very apparent. Like in in people that I've talked to that have gone to practice here during the spring, it's like they very much look the part. Now, what does that mean in the long grand scheme of things? I don't know. Like, does that mean that they're going to be able to get off third down? Yeah, Danny Stutzman looked down. the part last year, but sure. you know now they look better this Justin year. Justin Harrington's always looked the part, right? It just it's it it is somewhat exciting to see some of these guys. Where you see a Derek LeBlanc and you go, it's kind of like the Thunder. It's like okay, like if that's the future that they're going with, and if that's what they're going to be able to bring in, subscribe. I like that. Well, one of the biggest things you know is the Enjoy Vision, uh, you know, uh, fresh perspective look around. Uh, the one thing about going to practice, and, and it's been four different media availabilities when we've been able to go and watch, and Eddie's been able to see as much as anybody uh, thanks to uh, Enjoy. You know, there would have been years where I would have gone out there and I would have had to wear contacts, and with all the wind during April, oh. uh, it would have been pretty tough, and especially at the beginning of March or at the end of March. You know, I think anybody that's been around Oklahoma knows that the wind and contacts don't match, especially with all the uh, the dust in the air. But thankfully, I went to Enjoy Vision, and I got laser. I got laser vision LASIK. now. LASIK. Mm-hmm. LASIK vision with a laser. <laughs> How about that? And it's one of the best places in Oklahoma City for multiple reasons, not only because it's a very easy process, uh, but because they use a combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care, which was life-changing for me. So if you're thinking about getting better vision. If you're thinking about, uh, you know, not being a blind Helen Keller for the longest of time, 
uh, why don't you hit up Enjoy? Enjoywithme.com. That is N J O Y with me.com. Promo code U40. They're giving $400 off to anybody that is interested in LASIK. Enjoy Vision. This is where you LASIK. By the way, rumor has it that Helen Keller actually could have used that surgery. In- of course she could. And so could Stevie just like, Wonder. Just like Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fake, fake blinds. Ray Charles, real blind. Really? You think he was real? I think he was real. Uh, by the way, also, I uh, want to tell you guys, we're going to, uh, coming up is, uh, on Friday, is the uh, No Bogies with Baker and Emily. Uh, something, that, I don't think we've announced this on the podcast, but it, it's all to benefit Meals on Wheels. Nobody's making any money off of it, uh, except for Meals on Wheels. Baker's not making any money. We're uh, uh, the media sponsor for the event, so we're going to be out there. Uh, the plans are right now to have a, a live stream. Eddie's going to be emceeing the thing. Uh, but they also have uh, 20 individual tickets still remaining for this, or 18 tickets left. You can purchase your tickets today before the event sells out. Uh, for more information, go to uh, mealsonwheelsnorman.com if you want to purchase uh, uh, your tickets for this event, and uh, you'll be able to rub some shoulders with Baker Mayfield out at Top Golf at OKC. And, and it's the Friday before the spring game. Friday right? before the spring game from noon to three. Right. So. Yeah, if you're coming into town, staying in Oklahoma City, that's the place for you. Go hang out at Top Golf. Uh, okay, so uh, to continue our uh, enjoy vision, fresh perspective, look around. Uh, I did. Did you guys see the breaking news that just happened? Mm. Jenny Baranchik savagely stealing an Oklahoma State player out of the portal. Well, yeah, I mean, the, yes, I did see that. Oh, uh, what's her name, Lexi? Lexi Keys? Lexi Keys, yeah. Talakos, Sequoia. I think she's a grad transfer with two years of eligibility left. Yeah. Another Oklahoma State athlete headed to Dorman. I did see that, though. That was a good pickup. I was wondering, have there been any um, transfers from OU to Oklahoma State? Or have they all come from Oklahoma State? We were trying to figure that out. We could not think of... I can't think of anybody. Kel Davis, obviously, is another one that has come from uh, Stillwater to Norman. Baseball side of things. Yeah. I mean, we were trying to think. There might have been like a walk-on or something at one point. There's some. There's there. It seems like we came up with one person. I want to say that there. And I know that we've done this before, but I want to say there is a football player that was at OSU, came down to Norman, and I just don't know if he ever suited up. He might have gone through spring and then you know exited stage left. I don't think that he was around for a long time though. Yeah, it actually makes my head hurt trying to think of that because I know there's something there. Anyway, uh, but no, I mean, and I've been talking about this a little bit, you know, with people. Like, I just, I'm going to be surprised if the transfer portal is that that 15th through 30th window that's getting ready to open up. Like, I'm going to be surprised if it's all that large. Yeah, and I, I think that you know, it's it's going to be a mixture of guys that waited, wanted to go through spring. And then, you know, just to see where they're at in the depth chart. I'm not talking about Oklahoma, just talking in general. And let me ask you this. Does that lend itself to higher recruited guys, maybe, that are just, you know, find themselves too far down the depth chart? Or is this more just guys that really don't have a home? Maybe a mixture of both mixed in with, you know, and I think that we'll see a couple, like, true freshmen that maybe enrolled early and are just like, this isn't what I signed up for. This is what what I, what I want. I need to get out of here. Yeah, I mean, who is the? Didn't A and M have an offensive lineman in, into the portal today? Yeah, 
Um, so I, you, you, I think you're going to see some guys that, you know, you go through spring and maybe you're, you look up and you're a third string guy and you've been there for three years and you say, okay, it's, it's time for me to enter the portal. I mean, I know I mentioned a couple of months ago, uh, or I guess a month ago that I thought Jaden Davis might be somebody, I mean, but then he's out there with the starting defense. So it's like, you know, I, I think that it, it's, it's, uh, depending on, you know, going through spring practice and maybe you look up and you're not where you thought you might be. And then you, you know, look elsewhere, but I, I don't think it's going to be a total influx. I do think, Oh, you might be active in it in a couple of spots. Like I, I know I in- answered that on the, the board chat, uh, yesterday that, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they look at maybe adding a tight end to the room. That seems like a position that they could definitely use, you know, somebody, um, you know, maybe if they don't feel comfortable at receiver, even though it sounds like there's a few guys there that are really starting to separate themselves. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to be super active. I also don't know the scholarship chart. Like, I don't know if they have room. You might need a couple guys to leave to have a couple spots. Matthew Wyckoff is the uh, Texas A&M center that's entering the portal. He ended up starting halfway through the season for him. But with Bryce Foster coming back from injury, I could see and understand how that's the situation that he's looking for. Uh, you know, a better way to get onto the field. Yeah, and I mean, OU's kind of had a chance to, you know, jump at some tight ends that have been out there and they haven't done it yet. I mean, it might just be that they, you know, really feel like they have to have somebody special to kind of come in. Well, or it's possible that, you know, because Seth Luttrell's on staff, like the North Texas guy, they were just like, yeah, you probably don't want him. Yeah, and well, and then, you know, I guess it probably depends on what, the Von Mitchell situation is if he's going to reclassify right into yeah. 2024 and you know you don't want to start loading up just for the sake of numbers and then all of a sudden not necessarily be over the top with uh, the tight end position but just not be as flexible as maybe that you wanted to be because you know Stogner's obviously going to be going after this year uh, I, it's I going to look a lot different yeah I think if they if I, and again I don't know who this person would be but if a grad transfer enters the portal you know it, this spring that's a guy that maybe you, you circled as somebody that you have another body because I just don't know. Like, I mean, obviously you feel good about Llewellyn and the Helms, but you haven't seen him play at sure. pretty much at all. So, um, you know, and we're, we're seeing a lot of, um, is it Blake Smith? That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been out there quite a bit. So, um, but he's also got like a club on his arm. So yeah, it looks like he broke his hand. Yeah. So he won't like be that. catching any, uh, catching any passes. Do you guys, soon. I mean, like I have not wasted one single minute of watching tight ends so far i watched stogner a little bit but well you can't help but notice stogner he's just big yeah. he's massive but yeah i haven't because there's none of the guys out there are probably going to play yeah other than stogner so there's just not a lot of and there's just not a lot of guys out there yeah it's, also i also haven't watched a ton of the receivers because they're on yeah they're the in part such of the a field where we can't see them. we were talking about that yesterday like i wanted to go out there and get an andre anthony picture and I wanted to get, you know, uh, some pictures of some of the other guys. Like, you know, we don't have a lot of Gavin Freeman pictures and stuff like that. But it's just they're almost inaccessible. And they're not really doing a whole lot until they kick us out of there. Yeah. And then the other day, like, they're going 11 on 11, but it was was all running plays, goal line stuff. Right. There's a bunch of uh, individual drills that you can watch the wide receiver position. I've gotten a little bit of video of those guys. I got a nice photo of DJ Graham just standing there on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that was the other thing. Everybody was all worked up about Farouk and Stoops not being in on those goal line sets. I mean, it was they never threw the ball one uh, and two. Was, they were just standing out there. They weren't even blocking. So yeah, I do think though that you know we can talk about talking with Gavin or whoever. The one thing that always comes up with that group 
is, you know, I, I think to a man, almost every wide receiver's talked about how great of hands DJ Graham has. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah. I'm slightly intrigued to see what he is going to be, if he's going to be a contributor. And then obviously you start working your way down the list. Like, you know, you talk to Andre Anthony, George, uh, you know, Jula Farouk, obviously. And then, you know, I think Nick Anderson looks incredible, but what does that really mean? Yeah. Like, if, you, if you made me pick two guys from that receiver room right now, that are going to end up being the contributors other than Farouk and Stoops. I'm picking Anthony because it sounds like he's had a really good spring and he seems to be involved in a lot of what they're doing. And then I'd pick Nick Anderson because Nick Anderson, one, he was out there quite a bit on the goal line stuff, which I think means something um, that they're throwing him out there, uh, you know, um, and then he just looks amazing. Like he looks like, I I, I guess amazing is a strong term, but like he looks like a guy that if you can, if he can kind of fill out that frame, like he's got the right frame to be a really good player, and uh, he just looks healthy. Like I know last year, I don't think he was healthy the entire season. So um, he's a guy that if you made me pick one of the young freshmen, I think he's out there. I also heard good things about um, Bunkley Shelton. Mm-hmm. So I think that they've got a kind of a group that they think can can step in and and, and can can contribute. LV Bunkley Shelton was one of those guys that just kind of got lost in the mix. Yeah, here. he really did. Like he just no, he didn't. It, if you would have pointed out his number at any point in the season and said, who is that? I would have had no idea on multiple occasions. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, what are you going to get from Petaway when he comes in? What yeah. are you going to get from Keon Brown? Uh, and George, I think, you know, one of the, the things that, you know, I, everyone is obsessed with is Jaden Gibson because last spring he had the big, what was that, 80-yard touchdown pass from Micah Bowens yeah. or whatever. Yep, uh, and so everyone saw that, and they're like, "Whoa, let's see more of that." And then they never saw any of that, and I, it was partly, I think, just how he was doing in practice, like not earning more opportunities to be out on the field. And then the bowl game comes around; he doesn't play yet. You know, uh, Anderson does, and Bunkley Shelton does, uh, and it seemed like everybody played. So, like, I'm really curious. Like, you talk about portal guys. Like, I think Jaden Gibson could be a guy if the spring doesn't go well or he feels like he's still not getting, you know, any love from the coaches. And who knows what Emmett Jones and how much he's going to – I mean, that's the other thing. Like, what a good time to have a bunch of young receivers bringing in a guy like Emmett Jones because – Everybody has me, a new lease on life. Yeah, and, and, and to me, he's a relationship guy. He's a relationship builder. And he, you know, he's not only is he a relationship builder, but it sounds like he's a developer of wide receivers. So I, I, I don't get there quite yet. I'd, I'd give him still another year uh, in talking well, about Jaden Gibson as far as let's, let's see what he can do once the season. And you talk starts. about Nick Anderson and physically, like he's. They both look great. I mean, but I'm saying Jaden Gibson has not, you know, he's, he was, it's going to take him a while. I mean, he was really skinny. He was yeah. really skinny as yeah. opposed to, and Nick Anderson was skinny to a certain extent. I, I don't know. I almost think that like Jaden Gibson's one of those guys too that is a little bit like DeSalle McCulloch in that I think they're bigger than people think, if that makes sense. Well, it's kind of like, like D.D. Westbrook. Like D.D. Westbrook had incredible strength, mm-hmm. and he was a little guy. You remember that play at West Virginia in the snow when guys were hanging on his arms and he just like get out of here and just goes like 80 yards. I think the other thing too, and you mentioned Emmett Jones – Last year, it felt like watching the games that they just didn't trust other guys. They didn't. Well, they didn't play anybody else. That's I mean, right. and and I don't think that's going to be the case at least early in the season. Like yeah. I think Emmett Jones is going to give 
guys an opportunity. That's why, like a Jaden Gibson, I don't think he'll hit the portal because he's at some point they're going to throw him out there and he's going to get a ball thrown his way and it's going to be like make a play or or you're not going to get to play. And so I don't think it's going to be a situation even Farouk, for instance. Like I'm not saying Farouk's going to get benched. I think he's going to be their their go to guy next year. But if he doesn't produce, like they'll take him out. Like he's he's not a guy. He's not like Marvin Mims who's been the go-to guy for years. Like I, I think that there's an open door at receiver that they're going to rotate a lot of guys. I think we're going to see that in the spring, uh, the spring game. And then I think we're also going to see it in fall camp. And then I think even to start the season, you're going to see, you know, maybe six different guys getting some reps out there uh, and just see who's going to make a play. I mean, there's a lot of variety uh, in that wide receiver room, just like there's a lot of variety at primeshrimp.com. Uh, go to primeshrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E-S-R, no, I'm not going to spell it, P-R-I-M-E-Shrimp.com. Uh, your order of $50 or more will get you 25% off using that promo code U40. Uh, so, I mean, they've got all uh, different varieties uh, for you guys out there. Like, if you're more of the Cajun uh, crowd, they've got the Louisiana Shrimp Oil or their Signature Season. Uh, if you like a little bit more Italian or a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, home cooking, uh, the garlic herb butter is uh, right there for the taking. Also, the New Orleans style barbecue shrimp, their newest. But uh, all these packages come single. These drop them into boiling water in less than ten minutes. You've got restaurant quality food sitting right there at home. Uh, save yourself those DoorDash or those Grubhub fees uh, and go to PrimeShrimp.com. Uh, and they will ship it right to your door. And they do a great job packaging it. So, uh, Cato friendly, gluten friendly, paleo friendly, Whole30 friendly, uh, whatever you're looking for, they've got it for you. Uh, and healthy eating, which is uh, after my trip to the doctor, I need more prime shrimp in my life for certain. So, go check it out, primeshrimp.com. Uh, $50 or more in orders will get you 25% off if you use that promo code U40. PrimeShrimp.com, great friends of the program. I want to hear somebody that uh, it was unsolicited, too, as far as uh, that just... I was talking to somebody that uh, had been to practice and basically said that he thought that he has heard and then he saw with his own eyes who's had a really good spring. I'm going... Is it uh, offense or defense? Offense. And maybe this is going to be... I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it away. It's going to be pretty obvious once I say it. Is it Gavin Freeman? I've heard he's had a really good spring. Jackson Arnold. Dylan Gabriel. I like it. I mean, we all know that there are people who, who think that Dylan Gabriel is not the answer at quarterback. Sure. And those people, I don't want to call you stupid. I'm just saying you should not give up that soon. I mean, I think there's more. I think the bowl game showed us there's more to come from Dylan Gabriel. He can be good. And, you know, you go back and you look at the times last year where he obviously came out of the gates really slow. It wasn't Nebraska. Uh, But there were moments where it's like, where's this guy been? And then he would fade away and or they would start moving the ball and you'd have a hold that brought a big play back. It just seemed like and we talked about this on the pod countless times throughout the year, a year ago, where it just seemed like they were never able to make that next step. He, he looks, and this is just based off of what we've seen in practice, and even, I don't know if you guys watched the clip they put out this morning with him mic'd up, um, in, in, I think it was in the scrimmage last week. He just looks more comfortable. Sure. Um, like, he, he has a better chemistry with some of the guys this year, and, and just running, I mean, I think he was comfortable running the offense, but he's even more comfortable now. So, I, I think he's, 
Look, is he going to win the Heisman Trophy next year? No. Uh, can he win 10 games at Oklahoma? I think that's possible. Sure. Um, I think he could win a Big 12 title. I mean, Kerry, you put it out, I think it was a couple days ago, that he was the highest rated uh, quarterback in the league last year by Pro Football Focus. And I believe that was returning because I would I would think that Max Duggan would have been number one. Yeah. But even, even Duggan, I mean, he as a passer, though, I would say Gabriel was probably number one. He, I mean, and, you know, part of that, I think, would be that he hit a lot of deep shots. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I think, look, if you think Jackson Arnold should be starting next year, you're crazy. Um, I just don't, I don't think that that's. It's not, it's not because he's not talented. It's just for a true freshman to come in and, and become a starting quarterback over an established quarterback like Dylan Gabriel is, it's not possible. Well, never, everybody, not, not likely. Everybody's mind is warped because of what Caleb Williams did. Caleb Williams is is a generational. generational player. Like he is he he like in my opinion, and I could be totally wrong about this. I think he could be as good as Patrick Mahomes is right now. Like I think that is the type of player we're talking about. And that's not well, to say Jackson are going to be out with pitchforks for you. <laughs> this might be your first uh, intro. Well, here's into what you have to do when you say that. You also have to mention that he was not Lincoln Riley's first choice in that recruiting class to take yeah. to make sure that people understand. You're not saying it's all Lincoln Riley's doing. Speaking of, is is Vandegrift, is he going to be the guy at, at Georgia? I saw him talking to the media a couple weeks ago, and I honestly, I went, oh, yeah, I forgot he's even still over there. I mean, I don't even know. I'm guessing they have a quarterback competition. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, what I'm saying, though, that doesn't mean Jackson Arnold isn't going to be great someday. No, yeah. I, but, I get what you're I, I think most like-minded people get what you're saying. Right. You know, like there is a pathway where you go, yeah, he can, Dylan Gabriel can be really good next year. That doesn't mean that Jackson Arnold can't be better in the future and then off, you know, maybe compete for a Nash, uh, a uh, Heisman Trophy or something like that right. on down the road. And I think there's real benefit to having to sit a year and learn from a guy like Dylan and learn an offense that seems like everybody is saying is super complex to learn. I mean, even Jackson said, that he, you know, his head was spinning a little bit with trying to learn this. So I think there's there's benefits to that. Well, it also doesn't mean that, you know, God forbid something happens to Dylan Gabriel in game number three. That doesn't mean that I don't feel comfortable throwing Jackson Arnold out there. I think Correct. that's a situation where you go, yep. Has Not better than and that's what, you, that's what you want. You want him to win that. That should be your goal is Jackson Arnold is good enough to win that backup job because as we saw last year, the the rest of the people in that room just aren't good enough. I and I guess it's probably easy to sit here and say this, but the more and more you get away from the sixth and seventh season that was, it just like so many factors that went into that, obviously. Uh but by the way, I have to say I, I don't agree with Josh. I do not want to do a Doom pod this year coming off a six and seven season. Oh well we might. We might have I mean it, it might not be a Doom pod though. It might be a reality pod. I'm down Don't for say a that. Pod. I, I'll I'll be as negative as the we Doom Pod can, came on a nine and two season though. Yeah, and that was fun, but that was also, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley had hurt us in a certain way, personally and professionally. Yes, it it is. Uh, you know, I the one thing that you look at Gabriel though a year ago and Carrie, I think you asked him this in one of the first times and maybe the first time that we talked to him all spring was just how far he felt as if he thought <laughs> Eddie's dying here. Thought, Get a doctor. <laughs> I thought I was going to be able to do it. 
You still <laughs> Alright I'm Bretter I'm better <laughs> Bretter Peter Bretter um, I'm better You basically asked him If last year was almost too much And I thought his You know he's not gonna Come out and say it It's one of those like What's he supposed to say there But I do think that There was a little bit Of that out there That Stepping into that role It's a lot Yeah just I mean just Going from UCF To Oklahoma Is, is not so much a, a competition change It's just it is a culture change. It is, it is not understanding how big that role is to be the starting quarterback at Oklahoma, especially following Baker and Kyler and Jalen and Caleb. Like you are one of the state's most pre- preeminent figures, prominent figures. Uh, everyone looks at you as basically a superstar. Yeah, and holds you to that standard. And I think. I think he was caught a little off guard by that. And obviously, it, you know, there was a lot of factors that led into them just not being as good offensively when in comparison to a lot of other schools, it's like they were still pretty damn good. I would love to know, George, like just to follow Dylan around for a day, just to see, just to have him go to Walmart or Target or whatever, just to see how many people come up to him in public. Yeah, I mean, I I would assume it's quite a bit in Norman, um, because like you said, he's such a a big figure. I, I, have you guys seen? He's been uh, taking all of his teammates. Each it looks like each position group has taken a turn, and he takes them out to dinner. Yeah, they they got to they got to. Well, I almost don't want to say because, uh, but they go to the uh, the Hal Smith joints, right? Yeah, they, yeah. They, hit up, they hit up the ranch. I think everybody knows. They've seen the pictures. They take he's, picture he's out taking them to the ranch, huh? Yeah. And I, it's pricey. I think his receivers this week is what I saw. On that's Instagram. one of the things that I think that he did even going back in, you know, organizing the retreat that they went on a year yeah. ago. I think that's stuff that he feels very comfortable doing. Uh, and I think that that's kind of why he ingratiated himself to a lot of guys almost immediately when he came to campus. So we do like a ranch NIL deal for position groups. I've actually never been there. Well, you're missing out. I've heard. I've heard it's awesome. I've just never we'll go. We'll go sometime. Yeah, you and me. Yeah, we'll go downtown. I don't even know where it's at. Uh, it's right below where the Oklahoma used to be. That building right there. That's not the ranch. Oh, you're. Th- I'm thinking of mahogany. Yeah, never mind. Uh, mahogany is. I've good. been to mahogany. There is. There's a ranch down here, and then there's a ranch off of uh, it's Hefner up Parkway on, in Britain. Yeah, it's up on Britain. City. It's good though. I will tell you when I it's go the out original. There, when I go out with Eddie. Around town, Oklahoma City, that's like celebrity status. Well, and as it should be. I had another encounter. Uh, it, this is so bad because I just went to the doctor yesterday. Uh, at the liquor store, the guy behind the counter, he's like, hey, nice hat. Uh, I was wearing my U40 hat. And I said, oh, thanks, man. You're, you listen to the pod? He's like, yeah, you're Ethan Down's pod, right? Uh, or that's Ethan Down's pod, right? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, no, it's the Sooner Scoop pod. He's like, oh, is that Eddie's pod? And I was like, yeah, it's Eddie's pod. That's right. That's right. Well, we I, I place these people around town to make me feel better. Although I felt bad for you because after talking to this person, he's really trying hard to get a, an, an item autographed by Sam Bradford. That's why he likes you. That is there a has been constant a, there in your life, been, I bet, for a There has been a, a subject time. in my uh, DMs on Instagram that continues to ask, and I'm just not going to. We're not going to be guy. doing that. That's, That's the guy. okay. I like him. He said he invited you to his fraternity house to throw the football around too. 
Oh no, that's what's that. That might be a separate guy. Okay. There was a guy that came by. I almost did. If anybody ever wants to play catch, come by the. I think uh, you ran into you on campus, and you ran into three pieces of pecan the other day on campus. I did. Quarter. How cool was that? I thought that I was love cool. That, dude, that, man. that made my oh, yeah. day. Chance Cosby. We need to get him on the pod. For That'd sure. be awesome. Now that you guys are buddies to, on Instagram, yeah, we need to go out to uh, Scottsdale. We need to go out and I'm down play a away game out there. You can uh, you can uh, go I'll golfing, and I'll I'll cook with him. That's fine. I want to get on the flat top, make some onion burgers. Absolutely. I want him to make... Have you guys seen the queso he made that one yeah. time? He made the Mon queso. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what... I, I actually him. put cream cheese in my queso for the first time last week, and it was good. Now, that's something you probably shouldn't tell the doctor. I told him everything. I, I, was, I was like, I eat terrible. I drink too much. I don't... I sleep like four hours a night, and he was like, yeah, that's not good. You need... <laughs> It's all adding up, sir. Why you're why you're here? That's oh, the blood work definitely showed. Like, yeah, you're you're living a, on a wing and a prayer right now. There's gonna have to be some changes around here. Um, so no, back to uh, to spring football. I mean, I thought you know yesterday or Monday, just getting to talk to Todd Bates for the first time, and I mean, what a guy to talk to, Todd Bates. I mean, every time you come away talking to him, and and. He has a lot to say, and he, and he doesn't mind going over his entire room and giving praise to guys that deserve praise. Uh, but, I mean, I think the Jonah Laulu um, move is probably the most, you know, the biggest potential impact on that, on that room the, at the defensive tackle position. Yeah, and it sounds like, and Eddie, you kind of asked him about this because he was going down the line talking about every player, and something that came up with dang near every guy that he talked about was getting after the quarterback and, and creating a pass rush. And I think that's kind of what also sparked that move for Lualu was, is he's a guy that can get after the quarterback. He's got good hands. Um, you know, he wasn't somebody that was, you know, getting after the quarterback a ton last year on the edge, but they feel like he can do some different things because he is a little bit smaller inside. Um, and he wants to get up to about 290 pounds, I think is what was what Todd Bates said. But you know, I, I think that that's an emphasis for this group. And, and I kind of put that stat out there yesterday. They had 28 sacks. It was tied for 64th in the country. Uh, a Brent Venables defense has only done that twice in his career. 2006 with OU, I think they had 24 in 2006. And then they had 28 last year. At Clemson, they never had less than 34. I mean, they were, they were hitting 40s every single year at Clemson, which was, you know, some of the best in the country. And, of course, they had more talent there at Clemson up front. Uh, and that's what obviously OU's trying to get more of with guys like Derek LeBlanc. Um, but that's getting after the quarterback is, is clearly an emphasis for this group this year. Because I, I thought they were pretty good in the run game at times last year. I thought Jordan Kelly, Isaiah Coe, Jalen Redmond even were pretty good you know, in the run game. It was, But it felt like an eternity that quarterbacks got back there in the backfield. Yeah, and you know, I, I think one of the uh, of one of many gyms that Todd Bates had on Monday the quote about I feel like I teach them how to basically defend the run but pass uh, rushing the passer is a god you know a gift from god I think is what right. said it's one of the things that I think is going to separate in this defense and are they going to be able to make the next step and you know obviously if you can get pressure on a quarterback if you have good defensive line it's been said many a times here over the last you know four five six seven eight years uh, that will make everybody's life a lot easier. And if, you know, Lolu can be somebody inside that they can count on, uh, you know, is that a product of they think he fits there or is it a product of 
they like other guys on the end more. So let's throw him inside and see what he can do. I that's what's going to be interesting to me. I, I think it's I think it's a combination of both because I do think that they like the guys they got out there on the edge. And and you talk about Bothroyd, he's a guy that I think is going to start for them day one. Um, I, I think that he's a guy that obviously got after the quarterback at Wake Forest. And then you know I think that you know they're high on on a Trace Ford. He's a guy that could be a pass rusher. Um, Mail guy, can mail come, you guy. come on the pod if you want. Another another invitation. What do you think of? I don't even know Ethan Downs. Even though we haven't heard, I, that's one guy. That's one name. I don't know about you guys. I've just not heard a lot about Ethan Downs. Now you asked me the other day, like, was he at practice today? <laughs> yeah, and I was I, like, yeah, he was out there. You know, him, Reggie Grimes. I haven't heard a ton of. Like, I, I think they're really high on some of these guys that they brought in, whether it be. You know, a guy like Adabare, who you know, I don't know how much he'll play. He looks, I mean, he he looks incredible out there, but I have no idea if he'll play a ton uh, early in the season next year. Bothroyd, they really like. I think Trace Ford, you're going to see in, in, you know, third downs. Like, I think he's a guy that can get after the passer. And then R. Mason Thomas. I, I just think that they like the guys they have on the edge. Uh, and whereas in the middle, I don't know if they know exactly what they have other than, you know, Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Cove have been around forever. So, um but yeah, I think that you know, getting after the pass is something that is definitely an emphasis it's for, the, for and this it's group. The, it's the biggest unknown, I think, in this you know camp that what there really is and what they can count on next year. Well, and I, I think you look at the other positions, and in my opinion, it's safe to say, okay, they got better in the secondary, right? At safety, I think they got better at linebacker. Uh, corner, I would say they've, they've gotten better. They have more depth there. Um, but defensive line is the one spot that I, I feel like I don't know if, if they've gotten better there. I mean, what does Jacob Lacey have to offer from Notre Dame? You know, what does a Devon Sears, who sounds like he's a guy that they think can get after Todd Bates the passer. really likes Devon Sears. Yeah. Because he can brush the passer, right? Right. And, and everybody's, everybody kind of talked him up too. And Eddie, I know, I mean, I feel like Jordan Kelly was close last year to being a difference maker. And yeah. at times he was. He's the one guy to me, if he can take that next step. And, you know, OU's kind of been a victim of all these schools like Kansas State that's had these super seniors and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, he could be that guy for OU. Like, that he's been here so long that he finally he finally is too good to be held down. I was looking through our old uh, gifts of... I was looking for the Joe Mixon play earlier before we started. And I got halfway through like 2017 and there's a, uh, there's a gift that I have of Jordan Kelly. And I was like, Oh my God, he's been here for forever. It seems like I so, think he's the oldest player on the roster. Is he? I was trying to figure that out the other day. I'm, I want to say he's the oldest guy on the roster. Eventually don't you just, and I'm not saying that like, this is going to be the difference in if this defensive line is good or not, but I would think at some point, you get some you get some type of points just for longevity, right? You learn a little bit from being around the block four, five, six years. Well, and you look at his stats at the end of the season. I think he did what game did he have two sacks? Because he, he finished the season with three sacks. I want to say he had one game where he had two sacks. In I the, know that he had one against Baylor. Hold on, I'm I'm pulling up his game log. This is exciting stuff. He is one of those guys though that you know I if they can, they obviously don't have uh, Oklahoma State. He had two was, sacks. He had two him. in Oklahoma State. Yep. Okay. He's obvious. They don't have anybody that's going to be a top, you know, a first round draft pick. 
They don't have a Perry on Winfrey. And, you know, I don't know if they have a Jalen Redmond right now. But they do have some guys that if they can just be a good unit and everybody contributes, maybe they can be pretty good up front. Well, and I think, and, and Todd Bates talked about this a little bit yesterday or Monday too, if they're better on the edge, which they were just not good on the edge last year. They, I, in fact, I think it was maybe their worst position group was the edge last year. It's going to help those interior guys so much because teams were were crashing down on those guys because they knew that you know an Ethan Downs or Reggie Grimes wasn't getting after the quarterback efficiently late late in the year. So uh, I think that having more guys out there on the edge that can you know beat a guy one on one or hold the edge, um, you know, in a, in a read option situation, is, is going to be super helpful. But yeah. You know, I, 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 again, like one of the areas that you look at the most that it's easy. Is he, I know George and I were both standing over there trying not to get killed uh, with the yeah. linebackers group, but yeah, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm going through trying to find a Kendall Dolby picture. Um, but just seeing some of the stuff that we were looking at on Monday. Um, I mean, I'm still really intrigued by Kobe McKenzie and, and Kip Lewis. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I put it on the board chat too that I think by the Texas game, Kobe McKenzie could be the starting middle linebacker with Danny Stutzman uh, instead of Jaron Kanak. And and I think Kanak's gonna be a great player, and I think he'll start the season. But I wouldn't be shocked if they're rotating those two guys and Kobe comes in and makes a few more plays. Eddie, you're looking at me like I'm well, crazy. I mean, you just must not go to the church. I, you're obviously going to too much mass because if you're not going to the Church of Kanak, I I can't. I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think Jaron looks great. He does. He does. I just think, but uh, it's a good problem to have. This uh, is, I mean, this is a situation that. When's like, the last time you, yeah, Oklahoma, you could talk about having multiple linebackers that you feel comfortable just with? Just in general, talking about the linebacker position, like I'm still interested to see what Shane Wider can do coming off injury. Winner. He needs to make more tackles before I get his name right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, and everything I've heard is Kobe's had a, a great spring. Yeah, he looks um, great. Uh, so, I, you know, they've got options there. And, and, you know, I thought Danny, I don't know if I put the clip out, but the first play of that goal line situation, he came up and made the tackle, um, you know, and, and, and that's stuff that you didn't always see last year or you whiffed on on a couple plays. Now, I wouldn't go watch the mic'd up version of Dylan Gabriel because Tawi Walker just like ran over Canick and Billy Bowman on like, oh, a, does he? on like a 50-yard touchdown really? run. Yeah. Okay. That's what uh, Towie Walker does, though. I mean, he's yeah. built to go go straight forward. And he's, I mean, he's got a purpose. I mean, I, I think DeMarco Murray's even, I mean, he's pretty high on Towie Walker. There's so many of those guys in the running back room, and I know we talked about this last week, that you could make an argument, and I'd go, yeah, I could see him getting some carries this year. Outside of Javante Barnes, outside of Gavin Sawchuk, like Caleb Hicks is, He's looked good in some instances. I think Walker does serve some type of purpose. I don't know what that is. I don't know if you're like turning around and giving him the ball on third and one. Well, I, I think the reason to, and you know, I don't want to stop the Tawi Walker hype train, but I think a lot, uh, a big reason why he's getting a lot of the reps in practice right now is Javante Barnes is hurt. Right. You've got to put Marcus Major in bubble wrap because he's always hurt. And so they're probably not giving him a ton of reps just because they, they kind of know what they have in him. And then you have Gavin Sawchuk, who you just don't want to get hurt uh, because you've already lost a guy. So I'm sure, you know, Tawi, we're going to see a lot of Tawi Walker, I bet, in the spring game. But 
Um, yeah, it's an interesting group because I, I, I think we've talked about it several times. Who's going to be the guy that becomes the go-to? Because I think you'll see several of those guys play quite a bit early in the year, but then eventually they're going to have they need to have somebody in the fourth quarter when you're trying to kill some clock, which Oklahoma's not good at killing clock. But they don't believe to, in that. Yeah, but when you get to that point, who's going to be you know, your Trey Sermon? Um, you know, like he was in 2018, or even you know last year, Eric Gray became their their workhorse when things weren't going right. Um, I don't know who that's. I, my bet is on Gavin Sawchuk. Um, but I really don't know who it's going to be. Better hold on to the ball. Yep. I mean, and yep. it's a limited uh, sample size of what we've seen from Sawchuk, but him putting the ball on the ground in the, in the uh, cheese bowl, that was the difference in the game. Yeah. Or one of the differences. All right. Well, um, I want to tell you guys uh, about uh, Dead Soxy, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Uh, great sponsor of the pod. And uh, use that promo code SCOOP. You get 25% off your entire order. Uh, and they've got great stuff. I mean, we all wear it. We've all talked about it a lot. Uh, beautiful weather out now, just screaming, no shows, uh, especially if you want to get out there on the golf course and uh, get those legs. We, it's, a, it's a white man leg competition right now out there at practice for everybody that's wearing shorts for the first time. Uh, so you might as well get those no shows, go all the way down, get those ankles completely tanned so you don't look like a a weirdo. Uh, also, the boardroom, uh, fantastic selection of socks there as well. You can get the uh, uh, Crimson collection and a lot of different packages that you can get. You can get the four-pack of the, the Crimson you taken care of on game day. But deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Use that promo code SCOOP, and you get 25% off your entire order. So go check them out. Great friends of the uh, podcast. And as always, stay soxy. Uh, Josh is out uh, on vacation, so not a lot of recruiting. Uh, we'll get to that next week, of course, with uh, you know the spring game and all the recruits, and uh, you know they can be official visitors coming out then. Uh, but a lot for Josh to catch up on when he gets back. So uh, we'll be talking more about that. Uh, outside of that, guys, um, Eddie's got to be kind of happy because the baseball team starting to score some runs. I mean, well, I I would I don't know if I'd say happy. I mean. They are coming off of a pretty embarrassing performance over the weekend. They just can't – seems like they can't build any momentum. They can't build any confidence right now. And, you know, losing two of three, they've now lost one of uh, five of six to Baylor and Kansas State, two of the worst teams in the uh, Big 12. So I don't know, you know, kind of what that makes them. But then they have nights where they play really good ball. And, you know, you saw that in the midweek last week at ORU. You saw that last night in Norman against Wichita State, who I, you know, against, not a very good baseball team. Uh, and you got Tech coming in this weekend. So it's kind of interesting. They're, they're starting to get guys back. Dakota Harris is supposed to be back in the lineup. He's had a little bit of an oblique issue. Uh, it, he's expected to be in at least available. I don't know if he's going to start Friday night, but, I mean, they're 5-10 and 10 without him in the lineup. And it's not obviously one guy. They've had some pitching problems. Uh, but, you know, it will be good news to get him back. But then once you get him back, they've lost Easton, Easton Carmichael for the next couple of weeks. He's out with mono. So uh, I don't know. It, it, it's been up and down. I think that, you know, obviously you look at the series last weekend in Waco, you're not going to win very many games if you commit four errors in one game. You're not getting, you know, they won that game, ironically. Uh, you're not going to win many games if you commit three errors. And then they had the 4-0 lead on Thursday night. And uh, blew that lead because of pitching. So it was good news to get. Uh, they had an MRI on Braxton uh, Douthit. He left the game last Thursday. Uh, 
at 83 pitches when they were up for nothing before it all went to hell. Uh, but the MRI came back. He's all good. And he should be starting on Friday night against Texas Tech. So big series in Norman coming up this weekend. Obviously, uh, weather should be pretty good. And we shall see. I don't know. I, I really don't know what to think of them. They're kind of just mediocre right now. Eddie, have you ever had mono? Uh, no, I'm not soft. <clears throat> I had mono in college. It's the worst. Kissing on all these people up in uh, Norman? Oh, yeah. That's what was going on. You know who also has mono is Marcus Hicks. I know. And I, I thought that was the first person that I thought of when uh, they announced that last night because maybe it's just something that's going around campus. I don't know. Maybe that's something that goes around all college campuses. I'm, I'm really not sure. But he's fine. He's just going to have to uh, be out a couple weeks. It sucks. Like you do just down. tired. Yeah. Like just you can't do. ever not be tired. I didn't go to class for like three weeks. I think they call that COVID now. No, that's officially been, uh, we're no longer in COVID. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. Uh, I will say, uh, enjoyed watching the softball game last night. Jordy Ball was just unbelievable last night. 130 pitches, struck out 13. Which, you know, it's it's so ironic watching that game. Uh, LSU employed the let's throw everybody that we can throw. Well, isn't, I think that's kind of the. That's become the de facto I think everybody's way to play Oklahoma. That. That's yeah. the book on Oklahoma. You throw four different pitchers and you just hope that. They don't three don't give up ten runs. Yeah, and you know they they got three early in the game. That was enough because of the way that Jordy pitched. Uh, but that was the best that I've seen her since last year before she got hurt. Uh, and she looks like a dominant ace right now. And I mean that's the thing about Oklahoma softball right now. Like their pitching is actually better than their hitting, and they they're good hitters still. But uh, and they can you know run really at any time. Uh, but with all these teams throwing these different pitchers, that it's it's kind of screwed with them. I think it, just just mentally a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't watched a ton, but it also helps when you have the best shortstop, the best second baseman, and the best center fielder probably in softball too. You know, left fielder. I mean, they're just I think they're I, unbelievable. I think I saw last week, and this was before uh, maybe the Tech series last weekend. But I'm pretty sure that I saw of the ten. Best batting averages in college softball, six are OU players. Yeah, the entire it, it, lineup like, is just ridiculous. It's insane. It's insane, but defensively, they might be just as good as anybody else. The, I mean, they're they're very they dominant the this year. Staff. Yeah, they're very dominant this year, but it's in a different way. They don't have the Jocelyn Allo, but um, their pitching is so good. I mean, it, it. I mean, Jordy Ball is now coming into her own, which she hasn't been this good all year. Uh, but then you got Alex Storacco, who's kind of been uh, a little bit. You could say she's kind of been their ace until Jordy's got back into form and started and throwing Nicole over the May's plate. Been really Nicole good. May's been awesome. I mean, that's the thing. Oh yeah, like, and I keep thinking of this: like, you get into the World Series, you're not going to be throwing five different pitchers. You're going to have aces. You're going to have people that you're, you're back, and you're going to go to war with them. And I mean, you look at Texas in the one game they almost won. Uh, their pitcher pretty much pitched that whole game and kind of kept OU at bay. So that's the only person that's done that really just as a singular entity uh, throughout the last month, it seems. Did you see the uh, the stat like OU is outscoring opponents in the second inning 88 to one this year? <laughs> 88 to one. I, I usually like one of the fun things to do is just go back through and read the uh, game notes that uh, Pat Dunn sends out. And it's just ridiculous. Like they're fourteen and zero against this year against uh, ranked opponents. 
now I now I feel like an idiot because I don't remember them off the top of my head. I don't but, remember who they lose to. I don't remember who they lost. Baylor. 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 That's Baylor. Right. Who they play? I believe next weekend down in Waco again in the, in, in a three game series. Bedlam's the last series, right? Because that right. I think that'll actually. I mean, I think Oklahoma State. Right now, really that's good. that's the only <laughs> challenge that's really out there. I mean, one and two, and Oklahoma State's playing really, really well. Uh, are they the one school that can really take on Oklahoma? That's the question that remains. Yeah. I, and I remember last year, Oklahoma State won the Big 12 tournament and then turned around and lost in the College World Series. Right, in the semifinal game. Right. Or, to uh, Texas. To Texas, yeah. So, yeah, it's been fun. It's fun watching uh, Jordy Ball pitch right now. Did you lose the Big 12 championship? Yeah, they yes, did last yeah. year to Oklahoma State. Is that State. what it was? Mm-hmm. Because oh, they, they, uh, they beat them in the, for the regular season and then lost in the— It was—I remember, too, uh, like, Oklahoma State's softball Twitter account put out, like, some, you know, tweet that was like, it's our state or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when OU won the national title, it was like, it's our, it's our country, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's softball is uh, going well. By the way, uh, Soonerscoopstore.com. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Uh, we're getting ready to make another order again, uh, but keep on by. We're, we're still fully stocked, barely in large, uh, but uh, everything else is in stock. So if you order, we'll get it out to you uh, immediately. The mail guy just came today with a big load. So, um, yeah, pause. we're getting pause. Yeah, uh, we're getting those out there. So. Uh, appreciate everybody by it. and the uh, little uh, little uptick in the uh, make Lindsay Street great again merch. Uh, yeah, we were so talking at the very beginning. We were talking about the article that uh, I think Mason Young wrote in the mm-hmm. OU Daily. Just as far as I, everybody knows it, that's the thing that like kind of bothers me is that everybody knows there needs to be some uh, changes made as far as game day atmosphere surrounding the stadium and all that kind of stuff and. You it just, just doesn't right make any sense. Make, you just hope yeah. the right people are in charge uh, that can kind of lead them to the promised land, if you will, as uh, they make the transition into the SEC. Did you see the stat in that that piece about, I think it was Alabama or Tusca, the, the Tuscaloosa versus Norman? Norman, it was like $30 million they bring in on a game day versus Norman. It's like $11 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And it's but probably a lot of that- just the, the same amount of people, right? Uh, Norman's bigger. Well, hundred yeah, hundred and thirty thousand people to like ninety thousand for yeah. Tuscaloosa, uh, but I mean that was a big part of that article, just talking about how the the city embraces game days, and it was it was Norman uh, City Council members that were taking these trips with OU, just looking at how they do things, uh, and you know of course the city's not in charge of Lindsay Street, you know whether there's tailgating there sure. or not, but I think the message has to be sent at some point. We're trying to send it with the make Lindsay Street great again stuff. And, you know, we still have, like, flags and stuff uh, in stock, and people have been buying those. But we're trying to send that message, like, this is stupid. Like, just open it back up again because everybody loves it and it makes game day better. And trust me, Tennessee came here, and, the, and Lindsay Street was still open, I remember. Uh, and that was a fantastic game day experience. And I remember I walked because we had to park in a different place. Uh, and I walked through Lindsay Street and just thinking, like, man, this is a great game day atmosphere. It's just crazy to me that you get – you know, at at best, seven times a, sa- a year that you can celebrate and get every, you know, alumni back to campus. And I, I get it. There's a lot of the reasons why that there's a lot of reasons why the game day experience has taken a hit in Norman. Uh, you know, some of it's an 11 a.m. kickoff for a lot of that stuff. But like you get seven of those a year. Why don't you try to 
put everything on display. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And I think a large part of it, I think there's people in the athletic department that would agree with, 100%. What, with what we're saying. I've had those conversations. I think it's, it's, but I also think George, some people aren't, don't understand what a big deal it is to fans. And that they can push it off on the university. The university can push it off on the athletic yep. department. Well, they're, they're, and and it's a, just a big roundabout of people like, well, we're not in charge of that. And then well, we're not doing that. Like, we're not taking away that for all these. It was kind of funny. The thing I liked about that article is it basically said, OU's, uh, OU's uh, valet tailgate thing is like puny in comparison to other places in the SEC. Like, they're, what are they compared to? Like, this is like a master's tent uh, you know, hospitality suite versus, you know, a guy out on the, in the yard with a tent. Well, and I think that there's also a lot of people that, and especially on the university side, that just don't understand the magnitude of what a game day in Norman is or what it should be. They're coming from places where maybe college football isn't as big. And I think that, you know, that kind of plays a part in it. Well, and it's also, you know, it, it I'm not really here to – I'll criticize anyone that I think, you know, could be doing better. I mean, like Campus Corner, uh, it is – it could be better. And, I mean, it's kind of been co-opted into being the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, there are things that we could be doing on Campus Corner to make it a better game day experience. Just a Sooner Scoop now that we're, you know, a member of Campus Corner. But, like, you know, setting the tents out and doing radio shows, like uh, – Right there outside of the stadium, that does nothing. I don't think. I mean, nobody's gathering around like it. That's Lee Corso in town or anything like that. It's just a, it's just a C and B scene kind of thing. And the, I mean, I think the food trucks have been nice, but you just have a bunch of people gathering to get food. I mean, that's I don't know if that's it's a, it's a nice ad, but there can be more. Yeah, and like even right here on Campus Corner, you you can't take a uh, I, I I think it's. I think it's Bud Light or Budweiser that it's has Budweiser, yeah. That has bought uh the rights to it or whatever. Right. They pay like sixty grand. You can't walk yeah. through that area with a Coors light. Right. That's insane. I yeah. didn't know that. No, you cannot have you can't sell like everything that is being sold has to be Budweiser products, but Campus Corner takes it's basically hush money. I mean yeah. they take a cut, like sixty grand is what I've been well, told. It's because people are patting their pockets and yeah. they don't give a damn. Yeah. They don't it's care about, about the experience. It's about their money and not, right. not the experience right. of game day. In a dream world, what would what would the tailgating scene look like? Would you just open up all of campus? Free for all. I here's what I think. I think this parking lot right here needs to be a big ass stage uh where somebody is doing some type of broadcast or event or emceeing something where you have people that you pay to come in and you know, maybe it's an Adrian Peterson or a Jason White or, uh, you know, uh, certainly not going to be Baker or Kyler with them playing in the NFL right now. But, you know, you, you make it a make it a big deal. I mean, hell, we'll do it. I mean, uh, we could, you know, bring players in after the game, just wheel them over here in golf carts and and bring them up to the stage and pay them NIL money and all that. So I, I think that's all stuff that you could look at and do. And just off the top of my head would be a good idea. That'd there's, be awesome. Well, there's so much stuff that can be done, but having big screen TVs over here playing the game so people aren't just going to the stadium. They're yeah. here, you know, I'll, having a good time drinking I'll beer, just say it. eating food, the, food trucks, the, all that. The fucking old people that run Campus Corner won't be making any money off of it, so they don't want to see it happen. Just like the apartment stuff that they wanted to build 10 years ago over here. They didn't want the uh, McCaslin Church to 
people not be able to see the top of the tower. Who gives a f Well, I mean, I, I'll say this. I think, like David Box, who is our landlord, like, I think they're all for making Campus Corner a great game day experience. Sure, but the people that really hold weight in what I would say is the decision-making, mm -hmm. they don't want to see anything change. Well, the, yeah, there's a... There's and we like can just a, wait it out and let them die. There's like a Campus Corner, I don't know, uh, board or something that makes all these decisions. No, there are. What can there and is. can't be done. It's just like you said, the parking lot over here got knocked down. Uh, there's a, a... There's like the land across from us, like... Somebody wants like almost $3 million for it, but like they can't decide what, sh you know, that use should be. Should it be apartments? Should it be uh, retail? Like they're fighting on that stuff. So yeah, a lot of it, uh, that's just over here at Campus Corner. It's, it, it's all over. I mean, people have to realize things have to change. Right. And, and, and how much money it could bring in. Like that article said, you know, Tuscaloosa is bringing in $30 million and, and, you want the Alabama fans to make this a destination or otherwise Oklahoma City's going to make it the destination and they're just going to shuttle people down here for game days you know, and they're going to keep all the money. I think I've always been so wrapped up in what is an OU game day that I often forget when people come to Norman and you know what they think of the, uh, the experience and what they think of uh, the stadium and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's kind of run of the mill for us because we do it every Saturday or we do it every year, year in and year out. And yeah, our I, focus has been getting to the stadium, getting set up, sure. covering the game, covering the post game press conferences, and then getting back home. But then you talk to somebody that comes into Norman for the first time. They talk about, you know, like even, even recruits to a certain extent about what the atmosphere is like. And I always think, you know, it's, it's loud, but it's not that loud. And then you hear people talk about how loud it actually is. And I, I just think that we kind of get blinded by it. And I think that there's been a lot of people around here that have been somewhat blinded by just how good things have been and how much better they can be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I just think there's a big missed opportunity because you're not talking about a fan base that is wishy-washy. I mean, you're talking about a fan base that, that will show up to every single... I mean, they had 76,000 people at the spring game last year so it's like i just feel like the city is is missing a massive opportunity and then i think that uh you know the university doesn't realize that like that's it's it's uh it's bigger than what they i think than than anybody realizes and i don't know i just i think there's a lot of people that do but the people that are making decisions within the university are more worried about you know getting on some stupid ass academic hundred percent road scholar list or yeah. presenting the campus in a certain form or fashion that but everybody is has their quote. job. I mean, that, I mean, they, ha they need to, I mean, look, Joe C is not afraid to get a committee started. I mean, he's got committees working with Texas committee about the move to the sec. Sure. You can have a game day committee and you can get members of uh, the city council on it. You can get the mayor on it. I mean, you can form whatever you need to in order to make it better. And I, I, I'll have to ask Joe, um, like, is he looking at that? Like, it's just like with the thing. And, and part of that, you know, article was talking about the basketball stuff. And I know they're, you know, they're working with the city and they had the, the survey that was sent out and they said mid-June that should be ready to know about how to move forward with that. But that's kind of, I mean, they've done that for that. So why can't they do that for Campus Corner? I think that that's something they, they should definitely do. Yeah. Well, and that kind of gets into the, you know, just the Campus Corner stuff in general. I, and this is, you know, at the sake of being a complete olds, it's 
a far cry from what it was when I was in school. It's different from what it was <laughs> when it, you were in school, yeah, George. It's not the same. Bring back brothers. Bring back 747. It is kind of interesting to me that there aren't a whole lot of bars just in general. And I, you know, I, to a certain extent, that's a little bit sad. I don't think that it's the end all be all. I don't think that like every student that walks into the, uh, the stadium needs to be stumbling in drunk, but that's part of a college experience. And if you're afraid that that's going to rub somebody the wrong way, or somebody's going to be on a, uh, a college visit and that's going to defer them from going to uh, your school. Well, sorry that you're probably not too worried about competing in the sec. And you know, that obviously doesn't mean uh, the football side of things. That's it's, it's so everybody in the sec just has a bunch of dumb students. Yeah. Cause game day chases them away. Is that yes, the thinking? I think so. <laughs> but there's, there's also something to that in the sense that, I think there are kids out there, and this is what the university should realize. There are kids out there that They're are not wanted. athletes that just want to go to an SEC school. Or just have a you know, go to a place that's known for having great game day environments. Exactly. I and know a lot of like a lot of people that live like out west and their kids were looking at like Florida and Alabama to go to school. And they could go anywhere they they could try and get into a really hard school, but they just wanted to go to college, have a great experience, have fun, you know, join a sorority, whatever. Like these were girls that I'm talking about. And they wanted to go to SEC schools because they were known for having really good social environments around game days. Well, has it the has the university talked about getting the enrollment up? Isn't that something that's been discussed? Like I, I the enrollment's gonna go up when they make this move, I think. And, and, and they want it to go up because that means you're getting more students, you're getting more money, things like that. So I don't know if they, if they realize that, that that's something that is going to happen and that, you know, kids are going to be picking schools based on stuff like that. I mean, I can't think that Joe Harris is ignorant of that. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. I, I don't think he is. I, I, there's a lot more people on, quote unquote, our side of this than there are on the opposite. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it might be kind of the same thing as Campus Corner. There might just be some old fogies that just want it to be... I mean, let's be honest. I think there's a lot of people within the city of Norman that just don't want to see a whole lot change. And to a certain extent, I think that that's a little bit of Oklahoma just in general. Like, change is hard to accept, but it's you're, you're going to have to at some point go through it or you're going to be left behind. Yeah. Well, and trust me, when people start going to the SEC and seeing it for themselves it's gonna be versus what they see on Campus Corner. I've, I've said it multiple times, and I'm going to continue to say it, that I think that for the most part, there's a lot of people that are very committed to the move to the SEC and what the future of this you know athletic program and what the school should and can be. Uh, I think that there's a good segment of people that are just a little naive. They think they're, they're big OU fans, and they rightfully so are, but... It's, it's just a different world you're about to step in. And that's not just football. That's basketball, baseball. Like, look at the look at the baseball uh, attendance at SEC weekends. Yeah, it's crazy. We're talking 15,000 people yeah. at Arkansas games, Mississippi State games. And uh, if they're good, they'll come. I get that. But you also look at some of the schools that aren't as good, and they're still packing those places out. And it's, it's every sport. Those people are rabid. I was surprised LSU's softball facility was so pedestrian last night. What do you mean? 
It's just small. Like, oh, like yeah. in the SEC, you think everything's well, just massive and crazy. 3,800, I think, is what they got in there last night. It's Supposedly, it's a really good atmosphere. I'm sure there's a lot of that, uh, why do we need to pay for the girls to have a better stadium? Yeah, but they do it. It hurt the football stadium. But they do it. And they do it without thinking twice. By the way, I don't know. I, we haven't had a discussion in a while on the pod about NIL and George, I don't think I've ever really asked you kind of your thoughts on just overall what you think of how things are going these days or how much it matters. Or I mean, like I saw the news about the Cavender twins, like they're just leaving basketball to go start a company. Like for them, they've just made so much money off their name, image, and likeness. They're just like, we don't even need basketball. Whereas I think like a Caitlin Clark and an Angel Reese, I mean, they need to be stars of their sport to make all the money. Caleb Williams needs to be a star of his sport to make all the money. Um, but these are, these are outliers to me. I mean, they're, they're the, the top 1% or whatever you want to call it. Like not everybody is going to experience NIL the same way these people are, but I'm, I'm just curious kind of how you feel about it. Uh, it's not something that I remember coming up with play. It's almost kind of taboo. It seems like to ask the players about NIL when you're you know doing media um, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about the way things are going with NIL? And do you, do you I don't know, are, is there anything that you think is negative about it? Well, that's a pretty big uh, wide open question. That's good. We haven't talked about this stuff. Oh, I don't no. really know how you feel about it. Uh, I think right now there's, there's not enough, um, I wouldn't say rules or regulations because i don't think it needs to be like totally regulated but like i just feel like there's not a ton of direction um Mm -hmm. and we've talked a little bit about you know the collectives here and and how there's several of them i think eventually it's going to have to go through the universities and you're kind of seeing like i think alabama was one of the first ones that's like hey donate to this nil collective because we're gonna help control it and, and you know that's where we want it to go. I, I think that that's what needs to happen. Um, I'll say this too. I think if you had stayed a year in Denver, another year in Denver, I think you could have been sucked back into kind of like Aaron Suttles was to a to some type of a NIL program. Like they not that you would have done it, but that someone would have asked you to do it. Yeah, and and I would I would love to be involved, and that's why I, I mean this opportunity was also really exciting because you talked about doing NIL stuff, and that's one thing that I think a lot of players and a lot of media companies aren't really doing right now is getting players involved in some sort of media NIL. I mean, we're seeing, you know, a couple of guys like who, who are the guys on OU that have the the podcast that it's uh, uh, Nick Anderson and uh, Helms, Helms. Caden Helms. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really smart business investment. Well, and Jeremiah Hall and Braden Willis were the first to kind of do it. Right. But were they, did they have an NIL deal to do it? Yeah, they were. It was through an NIL, yeah, because they they got Caleb Williams on there. He was the first per. They were the first people to have Caleb Williams That's on right. for an interview. And I remember OU Sports Information was not too happy about it, but like. They ended up giving their blessing, and there was nothing they could do about it. Well, see, that's that's the one part that I will say is, is uh, you know, frustrates me is is oh, you getting mad about stuff like that. I mean, they should be, you know, ecstatic that you know their players are are being on those sorts of platforms. But I think that's one area that we can really, um, you know, dig dig into, and I think it's also one that you know you you find the right players. I think players maybe they don't think about that. They think of 
you know, being in the car commercial or getting sponsored by, you know, whatever um, item that that people want to promote. But I think that there's there's a lot of good NIL opportunities with the media that they probably aren't even thinking about. But uh, in terms of, you know, the direction of it, I, I think that it's kind of a mess right now. And it's because the NCAA hasn't really given any direction. And I think eventually the schools are going to have to t- kind of take over that. And I, I've even heard through people at, at OU, they're going to start teaching a class this summer um, that is going to be teaching them about how to best utilize NIL. And basically, if you're an incoming freshman on the football team, you're going to be in this class uh, and you're going to learn about all the different ways to use NIL and who to talk to, who not to talk to, how to you know handle your finances and things like that. And I think that'll be super beneficial because I think a lot of guys come in, they don't really know, you know, how to talk to the collectives, how to talk to, you know, people like us, if we want are interested in something like that, do you need an agent? Do you need a marketing person? Those sorts of things that, you know, kids that age, I mean, they're 18, they don't have any idea. So uh, I think the more direction you can have with it, the better off you're going to be. It is interesting. You know, it's like, uh, you know, we're, we've got the softball thing uh, and we're keeping that money in its own little pot. But it's like I've reached out to softball players and have heard crickets from everyone. Like, like what you're saying is they don't know who's legit, who's right. not. Like, I think I, all those all those collectives came in at the beginning, and I think they didn't pay people what they promised, and uh, they took money from fans, and like they said it was for doing zooms, and then they just never did them. Or like I remember the Theo Wees T-shirt, like he transferred, and people were still like, "When am I getting my Theo Wees jersey?" Like, it, like. There's so many things that came in, and I remember talking to to Gabe Eichard, who was doing the strengthening Oklahoma thing, uh, and he said one of the players were like, "Please don't close this down. You're the only one who is paying us, like that promised to pay us." Like, so I think a lot of those guys are gun shine for good reason. Yeah, I, it's almost like they need like a uh, a how to guide, like a pamphlet that's like you could like. If Sooner Scoop reach out to, reaches out to you, they are going to actually pay you, you know, yeah. like the, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I, I just think that there's so many kids that don't really understand it or you've got, you know, like the Barstool thing that they reach out to every single kid, but they're not getting paid through Barstool's not paying any of those kids, you know, like it's it's those sorts of things that they I just don't think kids are aware of, you know, the benefits and and and, and the actual people that are trying to help them so well the other part of it too is like even the ones that are legitimate like there's nothing behind those it's just it's almost just like a money transfer i mean they're doing like the autograph signings before the basketball games and stuff like that but outside of that like there's no office here where kids can go and see who reps them and talk to their management and you know okay i'm doing this social media post for this person or it, to me, I don't know how the it's like you said, the, the oversight is important because I don't think anybody knows what any of these things do. Like yeah. they keep like one Oklahoma and Crimson Cream announce people uh, as being part of their collective. But what are they doing? Yeah. And, and in terms of like a, you, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, does it have any effect on, you know, even like recruiting? I think most kids realize and, and most kids parents realize that like unless you're a five-star kid and, and you know, you're, you know, the David Hicks of the world. Like I, I don't think NIL is coming into fa- like some three-star, four-star kids not going like, well, I'm going to go here because they're promising more NIL. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, but I, I, I think just, it does happen. I mean, 
and it has happened, but it's like you said, it's it's with the really big guns. Right. And I think it's happened in the transfer portal as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know, uh Miami well, and, and Ruiz, I mean, specifically, it's definitely happened. But even, but even a, a, an example on the other side of that is is like Rouse, right? I mean, that's the rumor that was out there on him was that... It became a Nebraska-Oklahoma NIL. Well, apparently Nebraska was offering more money, right? But he ended up choosing Oklahoma because he thought it was a better fit. You know, um, you know, Bill Beatenbow, those sorts of things. So I, I don't think it's, it's the end-all, be-all. But I do think as we get further down the line and they do figure out some of these, you know, uh, some of the issues and speed bumps in it, it will become a bigger thing because you'll be more organized, uh, and the and the universities and programs like in Alabama uh, that are more organized with it and having the money funnel through one thing are going to benefit. It's also one of those things too that it, it they just are going to have to find a way to break down that wall where the schools want it, the fans want it, but right now you can't get it done. Right? Like it just like as soon as everything gets yeah. under one roof, everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. Well, yeah, it's just like what George said. It's like, you have to know, like, okay, this place is trusted. Like, and yeah. I know if I go there, they're going to pay me real money. They're not going to run around and say, you're going to get this. And because, mm-hmm. I mean, some of these collectives, like, just shut down. Like, TCU had one that just, just disappeared. Like, and they had taken money from people and all that. And you're going to see that. And I think you're going to, you know, even though like OU's collectives can't get together, it's probably more likely that one of them's just going to fold. I mean, just say like we're not getting anywhere with this. Well, the other thing Oklahoma doesn't have going for them right now is that they can't put any of. Well, I don't know if they still can't, but wasn't it a big issue they couldn't put any of their logos and things like that right. on a lot of the NIL stuff? Which is that's a major issue. Like they need to figure that out. Yeah, well, there's a lot of stuff that. But they're going to hold on to that until you know that that's their their way of saying you need to be doing it through us instead of somebody else and we'll let you use like the sec i think alabama lets the kids use their logos do they in nil stuff but then you have to pay something to the university Mm -hmm. which makes sense i mean but then again it also doesn't make sense because it's a (laughs) public school that it is like it got to to me it kind of got to the point where it's like and the reason i brought it up today is because we haven't brought it up in a while but i think people just hear it and they just in one ear out the other because it's so confusing I mean, it's even confusing to me. Yeah. I mean, I I don't fully comprehend what's going on. It'd be good to like sit down with Joe and just have like a, you know, an open conversation about the issues and at the end of the and, day, and the I think for the majority of the fan base, I I don't know about majority, but a good percentage of the fan base, they don't care. They just want to know: Are we competing? They with want to everyone know: Are we competing? And why aren't we getting the five star kid? That's what they. That's all they care about. And so far. And all they really care about is football for the majority. Sure. And so when they see top five class, they're like, okay, well, we're doing the stuff that we need to be doing. Right. Or you have the, you have another segment of the fan base that looks at the top five class and those and says, well, this isn't good enough. <laughs> well, like what is, what which is, is a good problem to have. Like it is what, a good problem. What is, uh, I mean, and, and, and maybe he's probably talked about it a lot more previously, but you know, what has Brent said about it that you guys remember? I mean, what has he said about, it's been a while since he's been asked, but he, I mean, he, he basically said that he completely supports it mm-hmm. and he wants these guys to, uh, you know, just basically make the right decisions. I think paraphrasing, but I, I don't think that he ever like necessarily went one way or the other on it. Yeah. I mean, he's in support of it. Yeah. He right. just, you know, I would love to like, just hear his answer when he walks into, 
name whatever recruits house and they say okay brent we we love what you're pitching yeah, how far what's, down the line do you get before they say how much are we what, yeah what's the nil situation yeah like i'd love to hear his answer well he has that. said that like if he has said if someone's more concerned about nil than they are being a part of the program and and developing and becoming an nfl player like he doesn't want them like if the first thing they ask about is nil he's he's out basically uh, unless it's the number two player in the country. And I'm I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm just saying, like, unless no, it's there a five-star defensive tackle that can make a difference from day one. There's what he says, right? and there is reality and if it's, in some if, of those if, cases. if it's that guy, that might be the first thing that you're talking about when you go into that living room with mom and dad. Right. But if it's the three-star kid down the street, you're like, eh. Know your role. Yeah. Know your role. Know, know your worth. Know your role. Know who you're talking to. And I think the thing that we have noticed about NIL, Eddie, to me, that it's gotten less public. Like... I think the the Nico Iamavalea guy, whatever, like when that stuff came out, everybody was like, we need to shut the f up about sure. deals. Well, and I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I think that there is going to be a point, you know, whether it be, whether it's already happened or whether it's going to be on down the road where all this money is going to, I'm not going to say it's going to dry up because I don't think that's the case, but I think, you know, the Texas A&M and Miami's of the world is going to be really interesting when that money stops coming because there's no return on the you're investment. You're not getting yeah. any return. Yeah. And you're not, you already know that you're not going to get any return, but I say return, I mean wins on the football field. Yeah. But I think everyone says that, but the people that donate that kind of money just have endless money. Sure. And they're also just crazy people. This is, like, this is their party money. This like, is what they do. A Texas A&M fan is a crazy person. And so they're, they're, they're part of a cult. And so like, they're going to, the money's going to keep going instead of buying, you know, your vacation house in Vail, you're just buying players. Right. Yeah. And I, I, every fan base to a certain extent is cultish. I mean, Oh yeah. It. Yeah. And as you continue to win and if you win more, I think the more money that will come into the program, it's a very easy equation. This college sports. It is interesting because you do have rich donors that want to do things that want to help, but they don't want to just throw money out the window. Like, and there are some donors that have so much money. They're like, okay, if this is what we have to do, we'll do it. Yeah. No, but you're right though. At some point, even the richest OU donors that this is just pocket change to them. They're going to be like, well, it's not working. Like we're giving it to the wrong place. If it's not working or the coach, you know, or we're giving it to the, the coaches are the wrong coaches that are, misusing our money or whatever. Winning right. cures all. Yeah. Winning cures all. Always has, always will. So, yeah, there you go. A uh, little NIL discussion. I think, like, once every two months, we'll just have an NIL discussion. Yeah. I think that's about what people can stomach, maybe. Uh, before we get out of here, though, I, I forgot. Uh, today is my dad's 60th birthday. Oh! And so I had, turned I have into to the Oklahoma breakdown birthday. all of a sudden. I have to tell him happy birthday. This is his favorite podcast. So. <laughs> well, hopefully he stayed with us through the uh, the end of it. I think he will. I hope so. Happy birthday, George Stoya II. Is the first still around? Oh, no. He died in 2002. Okay. But yeah. Sorry to bring that up, then. That's okay. It was a while ago. But he'll be very excited to know that I wished him a happy birthday on the unofficial 40. Very good. I need to meet your dad sometime. I mean, it, he's going to come by the office, I think, so around the spring game. bad so. because your dad and I, how old's your dad? 60 today? 60. Okay. Yep. He's a little older than me. Um, yeah, we're, we're 10 years apart, but I think we, we, we probably are interested in a lot of the same things. 
Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Does that mean that you look at me like, you know, a super old guy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this. I mean, we're starting to bring in young people. That's just how it's going to go. So, um, I will say a uh, lot of big stuff coming. Um, I feel like I need to just say something. Uh, I, I wish Josh were here to kind of buffer me, but uh, some stuff is going to be changed. We're changing the landscape of sports here shortly. Um, so just stay tuned. Uh, a lot of a massive announcement will be coming uh, here at the end of the month. And uh, what well, you got guys to stay tuned for it. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're shaking some shit up. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'll just say it. I'm becoming transgender so I can carry a Bud Light onto Campus Corner on game days. <laughs> I have not even paid attention to that whole controversy. Other, I knew when Kid Rock was shooting Bud Lights, like, okay, I don't care about this. That's when I started caring. That's, <laughs> that's when I was like, okay, this is something I need to know about. I mean, sorry, Major Ed. I'm not, you know, trying to talk shit on your boy, but come on. I've always been a Michelob guy. But they're owned by Budweiser. Are they really? Mm -hmm. I Michelob, did not know that. Michelob Ooh. Ultra is a Budweiser product. I'm, I'm a Coors Light guy. I mean, I like Coors Light. Coors Light. I good. always had. I know Eddie's a big Coors Light guy. Um, That's all they have in Colorado. You can't get Budweiser. I oh, know you. You can, but like you have to you, seek it you out. You go out to a public, like you go to a concert or you go to the Rocky Rockies game. It's always, always Coors, Coors Field. It's only Coors. Yeah. So it's like you go out. They own the venues basically where yeah. they do everything. So you, I'm fine you with that, though. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to hit on before we get out of here? I think that's it. I think we're good. Oh, you hosting some basketball? Uh, yeah, I guys don't know, I don't know anything about the basketball stuff. We'll catch up with Bob next week about that. Hopefully, there is going to be some movement on on that at some point. Yeah, like they have be. six. Uh, they have six roster spots. So my God, you would hope that they get some guys in. Yes, it's a very critical time for Porter. Uh, and, and as we said earlier, Jenny already stealing OSU players, so she's probably going to kill it in the portal. Uh, all right, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week, uh, fully staffed uh, for another edition of the Unofficial 40 podcast, where we'll be even closer to uh, the big announcement I just talked about. So thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com.